This is episode number nine of Dev Branch: How to Hire a WordPress Developer. Brought to you by ServerPress Makers Desktop Server. They make local WordPress development easy. Check them out at serverpress.com. And the events calendar. The events calendar is the best calendar for events on your website and your clients' websites. Go check them out over at eventscalendar.com and use the promo code WPWaterCooler for 20% off your purchase of this great product. I do want to tell you one thing. If you're going to be selling events and making, you know, selling tickets to events, eventscalendar.com. Go take a look at it. Good stuff. Go to I'm Jason Tucker. I'm an IT director and WordPress web developer. You can find me at Jason Tucker on Twitter. I'm Steve Zengen. I'm the founder of Zeke Interactive and I run the OC WordPress meetup. And you all know who it is. It's your boy Jason Cosper, aka Fat Mullenweg. We're a podcast as well. If you're listening to us or watching us, um, you can go and uh, subscribe to us as a podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. There's plenty of those places that uh, you can listen to us at over there. How's it going, folks? Good, good intro there? music. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have enough time to uh, to fade it out, but hey, whatever. So today we're going to be talking about how to hire a WordPress developer. How to hire a WordPress yeah. developer. Um, I, you know, we're WordPress developers. Um, we are. And, and most of us are hireable. And um, we are. Wanna, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to hire a WordPress developer, it'd probably be a good idea to, to know some stuff um, about WordPress developers, about how to approach them, how to be a good client, any mm -hmm. of those sorts of things. So let's uh, let's get started. Steve, this was this was your topic. What do you how do you want to kind of start this off? Um, you know, I think, I think you touched on a, uh, you know, good point here is, is how, how do you be a good client, right? Because that that's often overlooked and is probably not probably it is critical to the success of any, any, any project, right. Of, of any, any outsource, um, resource that you're hiring. Right. So, um, that's true of, um, you know, any, <laughs> that's true of any, um, uh, business, but you know, especially um, you know, developers, and, and uh, you know, I'll give you a, kind of a some of the context here, right? So, um, if you if you're listening to this and you have worked with a developer before, um, we and I include myself uh, in this category. We are a unique breed. Um, developers are um, mostly uh, kind of cut from the same cloth. Um, there, there is a certain type of, of person that gets attracted to becoming a, a developer. You know, you know, developers are notorious for being not great communicators, right? And so, so that where I'd start with, you know, um, how to, um, how to be a good client is, um, really there should be a, a, a focus on, on strong communication, right? And, and communication is, is going to be successful. It's going to be critical to the success of any product project, but especially when, when dealing with a developer. Um, and, yeah. you know, take what I said, you know, sort of for, you know, at, at face value or for what it's worth, but 
it, it is kind of true that, you know, if you, you're working with somebody that is not great at, at offering up uh, communication or offering up transparency or, or any of those things that are sort of critical to the project, it's sort of, it's going to become up to you as the client to pull that information out of the, uh, you know, out of, out of the, the person on the other side of the table. Um, Makes sense. And this happens more often than not. Right. Um, I, um, you know, a lot of the projects that I inherit, I inherited because the, um, the developer was, you know, not a bad developer that I inherited the project from, you know, they, they weren't doing anything necessarily wrong from a development standpoint. They just weren't communicating the status of the project. And, and that, that is, um, that that's important to my clients. And that, that, that is, that's again, I know I just insulted pretty much everybody that's that's watching our show, but does that make sense? I mean, Cosper's eyes got really big as you started going through a long list of things that you wanted to uh, insult. Yes. No, <laughs> no but I mean, I, I, the, you know, um, honestly, if if you want to find a developer uh, in the time of WordCamps, I used to jokingly say, "Look for um, the white guy with a beard and about thirty extra pounds." <laughs> I'm pretty sure to find at least 30 extra pounds sitting, and you're sure to find in, a developer. Sitting in the corner by himself. That you forgot that part. Right. Right. <laughs> right. There there are a handful of developers who uh, are um fortunately um confident enough and and uh it, can be around people easily enough to, to go out and give talks at word camps and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's, it's not an exclusive thing. I'm painting with a pretty broad brush there, but, um, it's not far off either. <laughs> and, and, you know, and again, I realize that we're stereotyping here, right. Um, but, um, the, the really good developers that I've worked with over my 26 year career, right. Have been quiet, Right. Yeah. They keep themselves. They want to just kind of hang out in their cave and write code. Right. Not, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But that's, that's just the, the kind of person you're going to, uh, if you want a really strong developer, that's the sort of personality you're going to get. And, and I'm saying this stuff because you need to know that going into the relationship. Right. Because if you're expecting a, a normal working relationship from a developer, nine times out of 10, that's not what's going to happen. Right. And so, it's important to expect that as a client that you're you're not you're not going to get normal communication, right? Um, right. You know, a, a lot of people when I hear their horror stories about past projects, they talk about the developer ghosting them, right? Um, you know, the, 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 I, I, I gave the specs and the developer went away and then they came back and nothing was what I expected it to be, right? So, and sometimes that span is months, right? Literally, there was just months of quiet, and all of a sudden, here's your project, and, and it's nothing what I had envisioned, right? Yeah. But that's actually very normal in our in 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 our space. It, it it's 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 it, again. I, I'm not saying there's anything. I'm not passing judgment. There's no good or bad here, but that's what most developers are expecting to happen, right? You gave me the tasks, right? I'm gonna go off into my cave, and I'll report back when I'm done, mm -hmm. right? That's just the right. attitude. Right. But that's not what most clients want. And so to be a good client, you, you need to, you know, set up milestones, set up, a, uh, set up communication, set up a, a path for communication, right. Set expectations around what, you know, what you want to happen uh, with the project, right. Because 
most developers on left of their own devices are not, are not going to do that for you in my experience. Right now it's different when you're working with an agency, right? An agency set up typically with a project manager or an account manager or somebody that is managing the project. Who is that buffer between, you know, the client and the developer, right? That's really what that project manager's job is, is to deal with the quiet developer, right? To get, the current status of the project so that they can communicate it to the client. Right. right. That, and that that's what that it, project manager is for. And that makes it really difficult if um, you're a one person shop and that, and that's really be both. And, and that's why I, but we, we, I, I, I suggested the title of this episode specifically how to hire a WordPress developer. This is not how to hire a WordPress agency, right? right. It's different. And it, and it, and it is specific for a reason, right? So really what I'm referring to is, a one-to-one relationship between a client and a, a freelance developer. That's that's what I had in mind when I titled this uh, mm-hmm. uh, th- this episode. So, so number one, communication. Then I, I had that on my list here. All right, that's that that's key. Um, and expect that um, you know communication isn't going to be typical. I was going to say normal. That's not the word. It's not going to be typical, right? And again, normal, normal. The reason I didn't use the word normal is because that's passing judgment, right? It's just, it's not typical, right? It's just different. Expect communication to be different. Um, And again, if you go into it with that expectation, then there are no surprises. Mm -hmm. But that's a good segue, right? In, in, you know, in uh, about surprises, right? I think you need to expect surprises, right? There are going to be surprises during your project, right? And so um, I, I think the, the reason I bring that up is because when a surprise happens, and we'll define surprises in a minute, but when a surprise happens, right, it's up to you as the client as to how you're going to react to that surprise, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's many ways to react to a surprise, um, right? One way is to get angry, right? I didn't expect this. This was wrong. This is this is different than what I explained, right? So surprise happens. You get angry. That's no good for the project. It's no good for the for the relationship between you and the developer. Um, it's it's it, it is no good for the uh, it, it's it's no good for the outcome of the project, right? Because things like that, getting angry about surprises, is going to um, affect uh, motivation, right? And so I've found that it's best if you can control those reactions, expect surprises, and and rather than reacting with anger, go into that go into those those situations with questions uh, about why something is different than what you expected, and that's going to ultimately result in a better outcome, right? Right. So how should and the if, how should the client um, how should the client um, uh, set those expectations that they want from the developer? Because they're you know. It, not all clients are developer friendly. <laughs> yeah, and so let me let me, define, let me define surprises first before I answer that yeah. because I have a, I have a that that what you just asked really is my next point, right? Um, so so let's talk about what surprises are, right? Uh, to me, a surprise is um, something is different than what I expected it to be. Uh, you know, the 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 functionality is different. The look and feel is different. It it the the something functions different than what I than what I explained uh, to the developer. That's that's a surprise. A surprise may be something's going to cost more, right? It costs more than I, I expected, right? Because there was something that was you know um, uh, not you know not expected at the uh, at the at the start of the project, right? So that that's a surprise. Um, 
a surprise is something came in late. It came in longer than, than expected, right? All those things I kind of lump under surprises, right? Surprise, right? <laughs> this, this happened. Something's different than what I expected. That to me, I, I categorize all that as a, a, a surprise, right? And again, as the client, you can control how you react to surprises. Um, and I like, to, I like to react to surprises with, um, by taking a breath uh, and simply asking questions or, or just explaining, hey, this isn't what I expected, right? Um, explain to me why, you know, why you did it this way, right? And a surprise actually might have resulted from good intentions, right? There, surprises and everything I've, exp I've expressed so far isn't necessarily done uh, in, in, with malice. There's no, there, there, there doesn't necessarily have to be malicious intent behind a surprise. The developer may have done something in the client's best interest, but not communicated it, so it resulted in a surprise. Right. And you have again, a good example of that, like most would... of the time, most of the time I find that that's the case. Right. And so mm -hmm. developer, you know, sees, uh, you know, something that they, they need to develop. They see a problem, right. They decide to tackle the problem in a different way, maybe in a more time efficient way, maybe from a code efficiency way. Maybe there's just a different, whole different library that they, uh, they include in the, in the project to, to tackle this particular problem. Right. Um, and they do it in a way where they feel really good about it. They're proud of it, but they didn't communicate it, right? Because we got to go back to my first point, right? All that stuff happened in the cave, right? It happened in the background without any communication and they did it and they did it with good intent, right? But when it's met with anger, then, then that all, all of that results in, in a, in a bad outcome. Is that making sense? Yeah. Makes perfect sense. This, this all goes back to kind of what you were first talking about, which is uh, having um, milestones and clear deadlines um, and really from the outset, making sure that they know what their milestones and their deadlines are, um, when deliverables are. And when you set a deadline, don't set it for the day you're going to launch something. Set it for yeah. like two weeks before you launch something because i have seen people flipping out because their developer oh we were set to launch on this day and it's like you're, you're never going to hit that launch date you always have to plan for for murphy and his damn law to <laughs> rear its ugly head like what can go wrong will and you need to have a buffer for that. You need to, to be ready to say, hey, I need this project in four weeks, knowing that you actually need it in six weeks. And I'm not saying, you know what, um, that it, it could happen where uh, the person you've hired to develop something comes in under time, under budget, it all goes wonderfully, but you need to have that buffer there. You can't put yourself on the hook for something like you, you can't depend on people. If you've ever, uh, I, I know we talked about this on WP water cooler last week, uh, the, the house analogy, um, you know, if you hire somebody to do something on your house, uh, and they go, Oh, okay. Like it, it never takes like, Oh yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be in and out and done with this. And in, in a week, every and time I, every time I get an estimate for somebody to work on the house, I double yeah. it. And then I triple it. Right. I'm both the money and the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Double it and triple it. Right. So, so this isn't unique with just hiring developers. This is um, hiring plumbers, hiring house painters, uh, hiring a mechanic to work on your car. Mm -hmm. it, it goes 
it's it's everywhere but you just have to know that you're in for this before you actually decide to take that plunge and so i i i 100 percent agree with everything you just said and i'd lump that all under my my third point which is managing expectations right so jason you you you're, to answer your question earlier right the 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 key is manage expectations and continue to manage expectations throughout the project right um and expectations are on both sides right so as the client you're not just managing expectations isn't just saying this is what i expect to happen right it's also saying hey this is what i expect to happen right How, how do you achieve that on your side and what are your expectations of me to make this happen Right. It's, it's a, expectations are a two way street. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's another key here is, uh, is, is managing those expectations. I think, I think Cosper gave a great, uh, takeaway there, right. Always pad your schedule and don't tell your developer that the, this, that the schedule is padded because as soon as they know it's padded, that becomes the new schedule. Right. And you'll find, right. If, if you haven't done the first two things that I talked about, whatever date you quote, is the is the date you can expect to see some like the first version at the end of business on that day right so if my right. day if my deadline is february 5th right um i'm gonna see the first version of the project at the end of the day today <laughs> that's what's right. gonna happen so it's a great nugget is uh is pad your schedule right yeah. Uh, expect it to take longer than 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 what you said, but you you said something else there, Cosper, and I I want to I want to kind of pull this out is is you said hey the developer may come in ahead of ahead of schedule and under budget right, and I'm going to encourage you as a client and and, and the our listeners are going to hate this if a developer comes in under budget right, and you had budgeted for something originally pay them what pay them what you originally budgeted. Right, because that's a value to you. Because they came in under schedule or under budget doesn't mean the project should be cheaper, right? Right. right. As a matter of fact, at that point, you should give them a bonus, right? So I'm just going to use some loose numbers here. Let's say your budget was ten thousand dollars, right? And it was four weeks, and they came in in three. That doesn't mean your budget is now seventy five hundred because they spent three quarters of the time, right? You pay them the ten grand, and as a matter of fact, they got you in a week early, so give them another two thousand dollar bonus. And you know what that does? That motivates them to come in again under budget the next time around. If you cut their budget because they came in early, right? You've shown them that they actually provided no value whatsoever. Right. I think I think if you've been burned in the past um, by a developer and this developer in particular, what do you mean in, if? Well, I know, but I think you should approach this. Uh, yeah. You should approach this in a in a way that you feel that 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 the um, the developer is going to. This is going to be a a longer relationship than this one project. You know, you're because you don't want to just go and be like if you got screwed over on the previous person, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be screwed over on this with this person as well. God, there's so many, so many good takeaways there, right? So, so, so the the, the first thing is, um, I really, you're you're you working with a developer. Once you hire a developer, it is much like a marriage. You've just yeah. entered into a long term relationship. Whether you think it's one project or not, this is a long term relationship. So you should expect that, 
right? You have maintenance, just, you have huge changes. You have, um, you know, we want to do a full redesign. We just changed the name of our company. Um, we're now pivoting. It could be all the things. What, and you want to have a good the, relationship with that, that developer. Once the developers have touched the code, they put their signature on it, right? And they've, they've put their style on it, right? And so if you like, well, assuming you like working with that developer, right? You're, you're, there are going to be changes down the road. There's going to be maintenance. You, you have entered into a long-term relationship. But the other thing I want to say, and I think this is critical, uh, Jason, and, and I, I, I encounter this all the time, right? Your past relationships with other developers have no bearing on the current relationship with the current developer, right? And that's yep. it's tough. It's tough to separate because, you know, if if you if you think about that in our love life, right, right, uh, everybody does this, right? They bring they bring the skeletons from the past relationships into the current relationship. That's how that's how relationships work. So it's natural to to bring those skeletons into your working relationship with a developer. Mm -hmm. you, you have to find a way to separate that, right? Because this new developer isn't the old developer, right? There may be some similar patterns, right? But it, it, it's, it's not the same. Yeah. And, 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 and it's, it's a tough thing to do, but um, you know, I, I find myself dealing with that all the time, right? De being, being, uh, I'm going to use air quotes, but being un quote unquote punished, right? For something a developer did that that was that predated me on the project mm -hmm. happens all the time yeah D despite despite the generalizations that we were making earlier um developers aren't a monolith and yeah. one to, to to reiterate what steve said one one developer isn't going to be exactly like another one uh, mm -hmm. i when I mentioned, uh, you know, they might come in under budget or, you know, ahead of time, that happens uh, almost as much as um, the the delays or, you know, these weird twist surprises, these M. Night Shyamalan-esque surprises. <laughs> he was it there happens. the whole time. He was there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> It's um, the trees. The trees are trying to kill people. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and like M Night Shyamalan, not all of his, not all of his, well, uh, his creations are created equal. <laughs> but but right. here's the thing to know, right? I, I again, I know, I know we've overgeneralized and stereotyped, but the truth of the matter is, developers have different skill sets, right? Not all languages are the same. Not all frameworks are the same. Not all servers are the same, right? Not all software is the same, and so. Developers have different histories, different things they've learned, and they bring different skill sets into the project, right? So even the best developers are not going to approach every project the exact same way, mm. and that's okay, right? So it's not – none of this, again, none of this is done maliciously. It just is what it is, right? And so you know, even though they may be kind of cut from the same cloth from a personality standpoint, they, they bring different skill sets to the project. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you as the client um, come come with your own set of baggage and your own set of, of issues, but you also come with with, a, you know, with an understanding of, you know, the company that you run, the website that you want to have built. If you've done this before, at least you have some of that experience as well. And don't assume that it's just going to go exactly the same way this time. And and 
And and here's what's important about that. This was my last point. So what's important is to articulate your business goals as best as possible to the developer, right? Because they, they need to understand the benefits of what they're building as well, right? There's a value to what they're building. And if you can articulate that this is the result that will, that will end up from this, that's actually motivating for the developer, right? We, you know, we need this much traffic or we need to scale this big or we need this many sales or whatever your business goals are, mm-hmm. articulate those. Make them part of your scope, right? Articulate yeah. them in the scope. Put them on paper. Bring the developer into the business conversation because I guarantee you that that will motivate them. That by itself will motivate them to get the results that you're looking for. We've talked about scope quite a bit during this call, right? I've been doing this for a long, long time, right? And what I've discovered is there is no perfect scope, right? At the beginning of the project, you can get as detailed as you want, right? But the scope is going to change and you need to be okay with that, right? And so one thing I'd advise both sides of the table, uh, and I've, I've, I've talked about this, you know, in the past at WordCamp Talks, is treat the scope as a living, breathing document, right? The scope, you don't write the scope at the beginning and then put it on the shelf, right? The scope should be always ever-changing and should reflect the current state of the project, right? And all of the questions that you encounter along the way should be addressed in the scope. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to throw this in five. You know, five minutes left into the show, but um, there's going to be change orders. <laughs> yes, there are going to be change orders. Just and... like if you, just like if you were doing a project on the house and you hired a contractor, there are always going to be change orders. Uh huh. Absolutely. Uh huh. And, and you got to know how orders, to navigate them. And and change orders are not a bad thing. They're a good thing, right? It's a way to it's a way to 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 document the understanding of what's changing, why it's changing, right? And a change order may not necessarily result in a in an impact to the timeline of the budget, right? A change order can be, hey, this is a change to the scope. We're pulling this thing out of the scope because this change became a higher priority. So I'm simply swapping things out, but it is still important to document it as a change order so that everybody understands what changed. Yeah, that's that's that living breathing document piece. To yeah. It. Yeah, cuz you know, down the road you can you can find out that that developer is capable of doing these things that you weren't necessarily um, you know, aware of or um the 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 client themselves says, you know, we'd really love to be able to do this thing. And now you can, you know, go through and either set up and- that change order or or what have you. And frankly, that's where the change orders come into play uh, when I do a project in the house. Because I, I watch the contractor and I go, you know what? It'd be cool if we put that thing over there. Right? And you go, oh, I, abs- I can absolutely do that for you. Let me yep, <laughs> get you. Yep, yep, <laughs> right? I had many $800 change orders during my, yeah. uh, my process of getting some electricity yeah. put into my house. <laughs> I bought a seven seventy five hundred dollar beam uh, in 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 a house when I when I did a small add on because I wanted I wanted something to to just move slightly and he said okay well that's a structural change right so that just that just became a seventy five hundred dollar change order because we got to put a piece of wood in the ceiling uh, okay <laughs> it, um, and, and if you aren't um, to the point where you you know, own a home and, and don't have any idea about this. Um, Sarah, my wife and I uh, watch a lot of AMC or uh, TCM rather. Yes. Yes. 
Um, yep. And there is a movie that constantly makes the rounds over there. It might still be in the TCM app. Uh, it is a Cary Grant movie. Mr. Blandings builds his dream house. Mm. Uh, are you familiar with the movie, Steve? It looks like you're I, nodding. And I am. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, Cary Grant, uh, his wife convinces him, like, we need to quit living in an apartment in the city. Let's go get a house in the country. And they find a house. Uh, it's falling apart. They end up having to tear it down. And it was it's all the costs involved with doing this. All of the little surprises. All of the things like that. It's like an hour and a half long. Uh, it's It's very funny. Uh, despite the fact that it's an older movie that you might not want to give a chance, uh, but it is fantastic and really goes into like why like, or how things can go wrong. They, 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 they remade it yeah, years later uh, with Tom Hanks called the money pit. It's, yes. it's basically the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same movie. Yep. Same movie. Yeah. Anyway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, hey, that's about wraps it up. Um, I have no intro or no outro for today. So I want to say thank you very much for hanging out with us. Really appreciate it. Talk to you all later. You have a good one. See you guys. Bye-bye.